Welcome to the Austin Action Fest Podcast. We focus on filmmaking from idea to distribution and everything in between. We focus on you getting your project in the can and for the world to see. Thank you for listening to the Austin Action Fest Podcast. Now let's get cracking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Austin Action Fest podcast interview session going live today. Uh, today, Benjamin, Keisha, Chill, and Danielle have a special guest, producer, filmmaker, director, extraordinaire, horror fanatic himself, the infamous William Instone. Hello. Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we got to get like a crowd effect. Yeah, we do. We need some effects. Now I'm going to look for some effects right now. Yeah, I'm like, used to I hearing think... booze more than that. So, yeah. ah, well, you're not going to get booze from us. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, you haven't made it unless you have haters, right? Hey, well, yeah, absolutely. That's what they say. That's what they say. So thank you so much for attending and being with us here today, Chill. Uh, Chill and Keisha and Danielle and Benjamin are very excited. And. Um, Let's get right into it. We all kind of cool. know each other. So, you know what, uh, Will, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let the people at home know who you are and why you are amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, my name is William Midstone. I am a uh, artist, I should say. It kind of sounds <laughs> kind of snobbish to say that, but that's pretty <laughs> much what I am. I, I'm filmmaking, uh, special effects, makeup, uh, music, drawing, writing, Pretty much all my life I've been into the arts. I've been doing films since about uh, 2007. I started off as an actor. At least a wannabe actor doing background work. <laughs> and uh, Start somewhere. Yeah, I was getting a lot of roles. and But, uh, you know, they, they just kind of plateaued out, became few and far between. And uh, so I decided I was going to make my own damn movie. So in 2009... I uh, set out to make my first feature film, and after about three years, I was finally able to get it finished, and I never went to film school, I never made a short film, I never did anything, the first thing I did was a feature film. Wow. And, uh, right. yeah, and it was, it turned out not really being absolutely horrible, I mean, I can't watch it anymore, <laughs> because I edited it for three years, and uh, I do only see the mistakes, which is mm. common with, um, you know, filmmakers and artists of any type they see the they see the negative in their work you know oh, yeah. but um i've got some pretty positive feedback from it It was a film called john it was basically a uh serial killer movie about a guy that's schizophrenic and has a imaginary friend that entices him to go out and do horrible things to people that only he can see and hear and um yeah, it turns it was, it was it was an all right story i made it for four thousand dollars had a running time of about two and a half hours when I first cut it together. And I finally got it down to about an hour and 45 because film festivals wouldn't accept me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, I started doing films. And, you know, after that, that first uh, feature, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. Like I said, uh, more of them being not getting a proper documents signed, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. So the film can never be released. Uh, hmm. But I, I can sell it at conventions and things like that when I decide to get it printed up. Okay. Um, but I can't release it. So, I mean, that's if you're going to take something away from this, make sure <laughs> you have somebody doing your release forms. <laughs> because that was a big, big mistake that I made early on. So, 
Don't make that one. Don't repeat that. (laughs) Got it. Got it. I mean, that's got to be interesting though your first project was a feature film how did like how did you not be terrible because either you're a savant or you had some really good help so yeah well i mean one of the things is well i had a three-person crew um so you know it, it was i had a dp cinematographer gaffer whatever basically did like seven jobs it was one guy but he had he had done thirty years in the business, you know, working in the news news. Uh, I think it's CBS or ABC or one of those. He actually had like a Grammy or some shit like that. Whatever they give out to, he went over there to Beirut, and he did a bunch of shit like that. So um, wow, you got an Emmy. Yeah, yeah, that's possibly it. Are you on my IMDb? Checking at him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what he got, but he got something. Um, so he knew what he was doing and I learned a lot from him, you know? Um, so uh, that's what really, I, I got to say, I got to give him credit. If I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't be able to finish the film. And um, uh, he taught me a lot about cameras awesome. and, and, and just how, how it works, you know? And when I did learn something we had talked about before is that most people who start a project don't finish it. It doesn't get finished. And so that was the main thing is he was just like, you know, don't worry about it. Just let's just finish the movie, you know. And we got to have a um, screening at the Alamo Draft House. I got sat a sold out, sold out venue, so I could see my very first film on the big screen at the Alamo Draft House to a sold out audience, and it was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, I was embarrassed sometime, you know, the first time I played it because I was like, oh god, are people gonna hate it? Yeah, nervous, but I mean, I got a good reaction. And after that, it kind of gave me the confidence to know that I'm not terrible at this. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'm going to make another one. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. No, that's awesome, man. And actually, I, I mean, that's a pretty high bar for the first project. Yeah, that's what everyone says. You know, <laughs> I, uh, it's, you know, film school by doing, you know. Yeah, I mean, the first the first feature film, you know, I'm thankful that it brought me into that, that, you know, Ballista Blade did. All I will say is that when I watched it, I saw that I had a tremendous amount of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got pulled into that because <laughs> the other teams kind of fell out. So I even knew we weren't picked because we were the best. I was picked because, like, I was available and I was already, <laughs> like, in the film. So if I didn't do it, the film wouldn't happen. So right. they kind of just kind of got me. And I was you know, still thankful. And it was still a really good learning experience. We did the best we could. But, man, that it was, and it actually screened at, I think it was Flix Brew House, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. It might have been Flix Brew House. But, like, I didn't, I, we didn't win any awards or any festivals or anything like that. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those deals. So Right. But awesome, awesome! Congratulations. So yeah, I never won an award with my first one. It got to a lot of film festivals, but I mean, it never won anything really. Um, cool, but so, even getting in—that's yeah. a level of validation, right? Like, wow, it's not yeah. so bad that they won't play it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so I mean, uh, I mean it was uh, it was cool. I, mean, I remember going to my first film festival. It was a very, very humbling experience because there was a lot of like big budget films <laughs> really mm-hmm. yeah which, one, which one was your first it was uh the one first one i attended was called horrific film festival in san antonio and they had had 
they weren't like up for rewards, but they had like a couple of films that already had distribution. And I didn't know that at the time. So I thought my mm-hmm. film was up against them. And they, and, uh, they had to have been 100,000 to half a million dollar budgets for some of these. There was like an action film. I don't remember the name of it. They had like ninjas and samurai warriors and all wow. kinds of crazy stuff going on and really badass stunts and effects. And I'm like, damn, I'm not, I'm not winning this. <laughs> but then it also, you know, no offense to anyone else. I don't hate, I hate to sound like a dick, but uh, you watch other films that get in there and you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> that was not good. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you gotta be honest, you know, this, you know, that's one thing about, like you said, I mean, a lot of them might've been someone's first film, you know, and it's, I was grateful that there are film festivals out there that do give people a chance to be seen exactly. and, and maybe not picking it because it was overall the best movie, but maybe it was just the kind of film that they wanted to have represented to have a diversity in film, you know, so. Yeah. And that's cool. And I mean, and, I mean, yeah. obviously we have a festival, so um, even myself, sometimes I find myself wanting a film to be in because it, it's different than the other movies are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily it's the best shot or has the best action, but maybe, right. wow, you know, I haven't seen anybody have a fight scene on a spaceship this year. Mm-hmm. This might be a good, you know, good mix. Uh, oh, right. wow, we, had two, we have nothing but dudes fighting on screen. This one has girls in it. Okay. That one, right. That's kind of what I assumed was, I mean, I don't run a festival or anything like that, but I kind of assumed that's probably why a lot of the films that I see at festivals are picked, just because they are different, you know? Yeah. So that's a good thing. It definitely plays a part. And I mean, honestly, us, even, we're still, like, I had to go to other festivals and watch how people made their selections to try to figure out, like, what what is the industry standard for this? Because we just picked the stuff that we liked originally. And then we kind of got a little more sophisticated as the years went by. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, there's, there's levels to that game as well uh, that I'm learning as I read and as I submit to more festivals. Um, just want to toot my own horn for a minute, point this out. I have become officially an award-winning filmmaker. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But that's your applause track. Over the applause. <laughs> those, let me continue. Thank you very much. Uh, I know my mom's looking down. She's very proud of the boy. Because uh, it's actually some, It's actually kind of fun because it's something I directed, and it's just a music video. But it's something I wrote, directed, edited, like shot half of the stuff I wasn't in. And so it was really cool. And what was really surprising to me is that normally I'm like, I don't care about stuff until paychecks hit the bank account. I don't care. Right. I just don't, I don't get excited. My wife gets mad because she was like, are you, Oh, I'm like, yeah, honey. I'm, you know, I got selected to be in this thing. She's like, are you excited though? Like you said it, but are you excited though? And I'm like, I mean, it's cool. <laughs> and so, and so, what was cool about this one, because it was the Cap City Black Film Festival, I was like, well, there's a white dude in the video. I don't know if we're even going to get in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how this works. Uh, but I submitted, oh, right? And originally, I thought I got rejected. And I was like, oh, it's whatever. You know, that sucks. But cool. Then I found that I was some. He froze up. He froze up. All right, well. But I think I think where he was gonna take things, William is. So he he does a lot of things on his projects and things like that. And we noticed when we looked at your um, IMDb and things and read up about you some that you do a lot on your projects. What all do What all do you do on your projects other than just writing and editing? What else do you do? Name it. 
pretty much have done every job there is to do on it. But I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I usually try to get someone to take, you know, the pressure off of me. Um, I usually have a partner that I work with who usually we either both of us do the work camera or, you know, one of us is doing the camera, one of us is doing sound or something like that. Um, thankfully in Butcher's Bluff, I actually had a crew. It was small, but still I had that big weight taken off of me. So I didn't have to do any of that stuff. And that was uh, actually the, a really enjoyable experience. So I really don't want to go back to doing everything. Um, there's, yeah. there's a reason there, there's a reason there's departments and yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was a way, way less stressful. And like I said, I don't ever want to go back to, to doing that again. But some of my early stuff. Yeah. It was after my film, John, again, it was a three person crew. Uh, we did some short films, after that, um, yeah, it was probably I'm averaging, you know, between myself, maybe two to three other people that, that do everything. So mm-hmm. um, this time yeah. around for um, for Butcher's Bluff, I think we had a crew of about six or seven. So okay. still small. Wow, it's growing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically <laughs> what I heard out of that is that William Minstone is now stuck up and thinks he's too good to shoot with a compressed crew. Good to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Not I'm that sorry. I'm too stuck up. It's just hard. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Wait, hey, wait, William, hold, hold, up. Yes, hold up. Let's guess this. And I can say this. How old are you? You see these? <laughs> I see them. Uh, Santa Claus. And, and if I didn't, okay, uh, okay so you like late, late 40s, early 50s. Got it. I got I got a couple grays coming in here. It's happening. Yeah, I'm not I, I, not I quite there, that, man. <laughs> I, 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 say I put that, it this way: this. I'm the year of the dragon, so you okay. should know what that hey. is, Benjamin. Hey, you're the rat. So look, Jamal Hunter. I say all that to say this, and I I don't care. I I look beautiful. I'm 47. Hmm. Okay. And and I understand when you say I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z because. You know, just like my, just like homie said, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, also just the product, the product is never as good as when you came in a collaboration, especially when someone's like dedicated oh, yeah. to one thing. Like even like today, right? I did not set up most of the camera stuff, which is funny. Erica did because she was the one that the mounting all this stuff. That's her. I didn't do any of this. Um, now I did it for hers. For her podcast, like last week, but um, today I was busy doing something else, getting ready for another meeting. So she got to take care of it. Like that just it allows you to be better at your job. Tag, right. hear it. Yeah, you know, so, um, yeah, you're right though. You know, it was um, this was the first time I had an AD, Ooh. and I always had to do the AD work myself. And I'll tell you, that was the biggest pain in the ass. And so, so having an AD, I say I'll never want to ever make a film again without one. Hmm. Um, So, cause that was, that was probably the biggest pain in the ass. Just, just messaging people about their schedules makes me upset. Yep. (laughs) The whole process Uh, makes me mad. So uh, I want to interrupt for a second. I want to, I want to really start to talk about your awesome project that you're, that you're working okay. on right Great. now. Great. Tell that's us a little awesome. bit Thank about you. it and your passion behind it, how it came to fruition, you know, just okay. the idea itself and go for it. Okay. Well, 
much time you got? It's called Butcher's Bluff. And um, yeah, it's definitely a passion project. It was something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, the genesis of the project goes way back, probably about seven years. Um, was commissioned to write a script for another filmmaker out of San Antonio. I don't even know the dude's name. A chick kind of hit me up and said, hey, this guy wants me to write a script. I don't know how to write a script. Will you help me? I'm like, sure. You know, it's like, but I want to be the killer in it. And so she talked to the guy. The guy agreed to let me do it. We wrote the script. Again, chick didn't know how to really write. So I ended up writing the thing kind of based on what they wanted me to write it as. Completed the first version of it. Uh, then get told that no, I couldn't be the killer because it'd be a conflict of interest to have the writer act in the film. So I told him to go fuck himself and I took the script back. So it basically sat on the shelf for a few years. Fast wow. forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward, um, you know, we are basically, uh, I just wanted to do a 80s slash slasher type of film. Um, I had this guy that uh, wanted to be a killer big time. He was a big 500 pound strong man and uh, would have been a perfect hog man. Honestly, that's why I wrote the character for, but then some things happened and uh, he fell out. And so I had to step, I had to step into that role, which I wanted to be the killer to begin with. So it all kind of put first full circle that, you know, (laughs) but the scripts that I originally wrote seven years ago, is not the script that it is we have now. The only things that really stuck was a few scenes here and there, the characters' names, and the title Butcher's Bluff. Everything else was changed. Well, wait, okay, um, in, in that seven years, did you grow as a writer? Oh, I grew tremendously as a writer. Yeah. The original version was a bit story, richer. Was, yeah, the, the original story was not very good. Uh, I, had a, I had a writing partner who was, uh, who's had some several wins. He was a runner-up. At a, I think it was called Shriek Fest or something like that. One Never of the big horror, horror um, writing competitions out of LA. And uh, we had wrote a, a Western, believe it or not, together. And yeah. uh, it, it won a Remy Award at the World Fest. So when it came time to write this thing, I said, all right. And so we started talking and basically I, we had this idea. We were coming up with this, you know, we're going to make it 80s. We're going to do tribute to all the all the 80s films that we loved and, uh, you know, basically not going to try to be original. You know, we're borrowing from everywhere. Got it. And, um, you know, we were writing stuff and all of a sudden, you know, things just kind of weren't gelling until I said, hey, I got this, this old script. I like this title, Butcher's Bluff. I want to use it. And I pulled the old script out and then basically took out all the other crap, added in kind of stuff that we were talking about. And then from then on, it just took off. And so we were able to get the script knocked out pretty quick after that. And so then for about two years, um, I was just networking. I went to horror expos, comic cons. I had this mask, a co-writer made the mask, the hog man. I made the costume that he wore. And so I would, I would uh, go in costume to these things and hand out flyers and just, uh, yeah, I saw some of that. Kind of, try to get the, um, try to get the word out that we're making this film, you know, and I didn't know how I was going to fund it, which is going to come to what we were wanting to talk about. So eventually after <laughs> two years decided, okay, let's do an Indiegogo. 
Okay. Our first well, thing go go. Save, save the financing part because we want to. We yeah. definitely want to land uh, very yeah. last. Oh no no no! Let's say the very first one I did was a disaster. We raised three hundred dollars. Absolute disaster. I ended up with like, for after thirty days, I think we had fifteen backers. Apparently, the whole thing. Okay. So I don't know what the hell happened because I had all these people telling me, "Oh, this could be a great film. I love it. I love the look." I had all the, I was getting all this attention at comic cons and horror cons and 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 fifteen people backed the project and made three hundred dollars. So mm. I was like, okay, something's seriously wrong here. Uh, I guess no one wants to back this project. So a, a year, another year passed, and uh, we're kind of like, okay, well, how the hell are we going to fund this thing? And then you know things happened and but you didn't give up so you never you, gave you, up you no. knew about your story yeah. so give give the audience a little bit of an idea a synopsis of the okay. storyline yeah it is uh basically a urban legend or folk legend in this small town uh of this creature elusive creature that lives in the woods called the Hogman, and it's actually a rumor to be a boy that was bullied when he was 12 and left to be die in a pig pen by the bullies. And uh, when he gets out of the hospital, he came back and killed him and was put in the mental institution. When he's 21, he disappeared, a la Halloween. And so he ends up leaving in the woods and people start going missing. It's time he went, uh, got out of the woods. So we fast forward to the modern days and we have these film school students that are making their thesis project. And we have a, the main character is a heavy metal stoner kid that likes horror movies and things. It's like, hey, this will be a, an awesome project. We can make this documentary about this urban legend out there where my grandparents lived. And he convinces his friends to go out to the lake house where his grandparents owned. And they're going to make this awesome documentary about this urban legend. So they go looking for it and they find it. Find and everything else that happens after that <laughs> oh that sounds got it i like it yeah so the film school part was something definitely that was added later on and that kind of came about because i had to give them a reason i, I didn't want to just have it be we're going there to party <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted a, I wanted a reason for them to go so that was something we talked about why are they going there so wait, did you go to film school? No. Mm-mm. Okay. So it's a horror story about people who, who, who wanted to go to film school. No, these kids, yeah, these, these people are actually in film school and this is their thesis project. Got it. <laughs> got it. I think, I think I see the underlying theme of you want to kill people who got to go to film school because you didn't go to the film school. I worked on a project with some film school students and it was uh, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm no, no hating. No hating. You know. Chill. Did you go to film school? Ben, you didn't go to film school. No, I did you not. sure didn't go to film school. I didn't go to film school. None of us. Well, Quentin Tarantino did go to film school and said you should use your damn money to make a movie. Save, save your money. The fifty grand you're going to make on spending on film school and just go make a movie. I've, we're I've not knocking people that go to. Said. We're not knocking people no. that go to film school, but I'm we, just we're saying that we just we just had. You can still do it by not going to film school. Is what? Oh, I don't. I don't, yes, yeah. I don't knock it um, yeah. at all. If I had the opportunity, I, pro- I probably would have went. Mm-hmm. Um, so that disclaimer: Austin Action Fest has no official position 
No. On film no. schools. <laughs> so Full Sail or uh, Austin Institute of Art, uh, if you guys would like to donate, you know, to fund in our particular situation, we are not against you. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> oh, no. If, you, if you're able to go, I say go. I just was not in a position to do so, so I didn't go. No, that makes sense. Actually, yeah. one of the guys on my team, one of my one of my uh, my sound guy, and does a lot of sound and music for us, uh, President Business. He actually did go to Art Institute, so he had he was ex-military, so he was able to use yeah. the GI Bill and actually spend some time at the Art Institute. So yeah, that's what Matt did. Matt graduated from uh, Texas State and ACC. Mm. He's got two degrees of film, so uh, television, and all that stuff like that. So, right. so what I don't know, he knows, and so. I just kind of rely on him to tell me those things. What does that? What, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the art part. I don't know. I don't. I don't get to tell the technical crap. You know. Well, it's just <laughs> well we say we. So I, I I touch on that only because if you have an idea or a passion to tell a story, it's a matter of of figuring out, putting all the pieces together, getting the right people. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. or just jumping out there, and especially in this climate. With everything that we have out here, this computer, mm-hmm. you can do so many things. So you don't have to be a film school grad yeah. to be able to tell a story to the to the world. Well, one of the reasons my first film took three years, I had to learn how to edit. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't have money to hire anybody, so I had to figure it out myself. That's <laughs> just one of those things. And yeah. with YouTube, you can cloak on YouTube and a 12-year-old oh, will God. tell you how to do it. If you want to feel stupid, how do I do Ooh. this on this program? You go it, on it YouTube. Resolved, and, yeah. <laughs> there's a little 12-year-old kid. This is very easy. Dude, here, like Rosa, indie like, indie yeah. mogul and film riot. Like we oh, yeah. indie mogul, film riot, and, and indie film hustle. Those were like my three go-tos yeah. when I when I first started. I was like, look, no film school. Everything. No film school, man. Yeah, film school that, no film school as well. well. Yep. yep. I have yep. a question of you uh for you. Um do you dream I know we talked the other day um, for the audience. They, they weren't on the conversation, but we can mm-hmm. go there as well about dreams. But do you dream horror dreams sometimes? <laughs> to, I'm just curious about horror stories. Does that oh, come yeah. out? And Absolutely. do they scare you when you dream it at all? Do, you ever uh, get, do, do your own stories ever make you nervous at all when you start to think about Well, if anybody pays attention to my Facebook, you'll see that I don't sleep a whole lot. It's because I am tormented. I have nightmares all the time. So I've had them my whole life. So yeah, I have uh, very horrifying dreams. And so, uh, yeah, most of the time I just, uh, I'm inspired by it. Yeah. Wow. So, would you? That and turned it into writing stories about it, which is very um, cool. Most of the time I don't remember them when I wake up. Ah. Uh, I'll remember bits and pieces, but not enough to piece it together. But I did actually have one dream that I remembered vividly and i actually did write that into a short so i remembered every bit of it and it just wrote itself i wrote the whole script 15 pages not a whole lot but uh i wrote it in about probably two hours because it just flew out i remembered all the dialogue i remembered everything wow so that's kind of that was that was very weird i do that with songs i'm actually on only about two hours of sleep right now uh, i've been working on a lot of music um over the last couple of weeks and I was like in that stage between wake and sleep and um, had these lyrics pop into my head mm-hmm. and uh, I had to write it down. And uh, My brother died of a heroin overdose. Mm. And so I witnessed them fall apart from heroin. And uh, this lyric was just all about the black tar God 
of heroin mm-hmm. and how that becomes what you are. And that's the title of the Black Tar God. And I just started like writing it down, all the things flowing out of what happens to somebody when they get on that poison. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, it just, it just, I've never thought about writing about that before. And cause I mean, I don't do the crap, you know, but um, it was one of those things I was inspired. I jumped up and said, if I don't write this down, forget it. Mm-hmm. I did. So I wrote it down. So, so yeah, um, dreams and uh, that middle sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, then when you're not halfway awake and halfway asleep, that's usually when I get a lot of my really good ideas. And I do mm. sometimes have to get up and um, at least scribble down. Don't forget this, you know? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it in flashes too. Like some, not necessarily in my dreams, but I'll be doing <clears throat> something and it'll trigger. And sometimes I'll see an entire action sequence or I'll see like the, a scene from something and it'll have the words and the cuts and whatever. And I just mm. go write it down and save it. Because mm-hmm. if I don't, it'll drive me crazy. And then whenever I get a chance, I flesh it out. So, yeah. Locations are the same way. If I see a location, sometimes, like, things will start playing out there. And I look, I'll be spaced out in a place, like, mm-hmm. seeing things unfold at wherever I'm at, you know. And I'm like, okay, now, now I have a scene here. I've got to write that up. And that happened a few times at Butcher's Bluff, actually, when I, once I saw the location. Mm. I was going to ask you about that. So, did you did you have a location and some of the story came from that or no not in butcher's bluff i had to find them you had to find them. um but then once i found some of the locations and i saw what was there and available to me scenes popped out from there did any of your scenes change on set oh yeah absolutely. because of the locations it's still changing yeah <laughs> absolutely you have to be it has to be a living animal your, your script can't uh, especially in the indie world i mean um when i was working with jeremy london he was talking about television and how tv scripts are like solid you can't change anything there's no room for improv i mean he said something about uh like you couldn't change the word are not to aren't oh uh, the script supervisor would be it's the same damn thing but the script supervisor would be there i was like well, are you kidding me he's like yeah man, you guys they're they're harsh so that reminds know, that, me of theater like when yeah. you're doing theater and you're on stage they don't they don't want you to change anything they want you to read it exactly as it yeah. is that is like rude but in film yeah. No, obviously we we kind of go all over. <laughs> right. And that's why I like improv and that's kind of the style of directing that I like to do. I mean, even though I'm a writer, I tell the actors I'm not married to this dialogue. I would much rather you sound natural and real mm-hmm. and say yeah. it say it the way it's yeah. going to sound out of your mouth than what yeah. I wrote. I don't care about my words being said cuz I'm not that I don't have that kind of ego. I don't give a damn. You know, what I want is you to sound real. I care more about the overall film coming across as being believable than, than the egotistical thing. That's not what I wrote. That's know? actually really good. So I had a, I was going to ask you, do you feel yourself as more of a, more of a, like a, a director who sees like a director of photography, as in you see the shots or an actor's director where you are the, into the performance more than everything else? Yes. <laughs> I'm both. I I've edited the scene in my head before we shot shoot. And I usually know what I'm going to be using before we even are, are doing it. the scene. Uh, you know, my, uh, 
crew were not too happy with the fact that I don't have shot lists. <laughs> I just, tell, I, I just oh, tell them what to shoot. I, I tell them what to shoot. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, you got to shoot this, you got to shoot that, you got to shoot this. But, you know, it's also because I'm, I'm too busy. That's, again, it's too many hats. You got to have, you know, I was wearing too many hats. You got to, in, in hindsight, I wish I had a shot list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have one this time around. But, yeah. You know, and I haven't any before because we always shot the stuff ourselves. And again, I'm always editing, so exactly. I know I know what shots I need. So get this exactly. shot, get that shot, get this shot. Uh, get a we, shot lister, it'll help. Yeah, so I need to get somebody to tell me, hey, shot write this down. <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna tell you what to get, and you write it down. And that's what I really need. And hopefully next time around, I'll have a little bit more of a budget yeah. and and able to um, to get that that done. Because. Um, sure. There are times where I was like, no, I wish I would have got that shot. Maybe, mm. if it was, maybe if it was written down, I would have got it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, so, and sometimes you're running and gunning, it's whatever. Oh, it is. We were yeah. chasing the clock a lot during this production. Mm. Um, but more about your, your question, I like to talk to the actors a lot. Um, I want to explain to them what I was thinking when I wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of give them a little bit of a backstory if I have it of what their motivations were and, you know, and stuff like that. I, I don't like to go like, here's your motivation. You know, but I want to say like, you know, this character grew up in this town, hates it here. And it might not even be said anywhere in the script, but I want them yeah. to know that they don't like being there. They want to get out, you know, whatever. Just, just using that as an example. So I sometimes throw things like that to them to try to help them develop their character a little bit more. Um, yeah. Because for me, again, the performance is very important because, you know, the worst thing that can happen in an indie film is the audio sucking, but the second to me is the bad acting. Um, of course, I did want to make an 80s throwback, and the acting wasn't always great in 80s films, so even if it wasn't that great, I could probably I probably would have got a pass on this one. But um, I was very picky on who we cast yes. in, in the, the film because I wanted to make sure that those actors didn't need to be spoon-fed. Yes. You know. We talked about that. We were looking at your cast lineup. You had some a very seasoned cast. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Very, very yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was very fortunate. Um, again, um, a lot of the came, it wasn't even hard to get some of the, the seasoned people. You know, they were like, as soon as I said, hey, you want to do this? Yes. You know, uh, because they, again, they saw the Hogman character and just was like, okay, this character looks awesome. So, uh, and then they saw the proof of concept trailer that I made. If y'all want to go into talking about that, we can do that. That's uh, yeah. what was the next step for funding um, after we failed terribly at our first Indiegogo. <laughs> it's like, okay, what's next? Uh, yeah. We got, we got, I guess I didn't have anything to really prove mm. that the project was worth putting their money into. I only had, a couple of you know actors said that they would be in the film and then i had the costume of the character itself so after we failed badly um we decided okay well i'm gonna make a fake trailer there was a convention in dallas i say was because i don't think it's gonna be it wasn't done uh last year and it might not even happen this year so texas frightmare in dallas it's uh, so big that with everything going on, you know, you just can't really do them. So, uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, that's, that's a whole other story. There was a, uh, 
they they had a little not really a competition, but they had a opportunity to screen a fake trailer. It was kind of inspired by the Grindhouse movies that Rodriguez and Tarantino did with the fake trailers. You know, Machete was one. Um, and uh, there was a couple other ones they did. I don't think they made any other movies except for Machete. I could be wrong. But uh, anyway, so it was make a fake trailer. So I'm like, okay, well, hell, I, I want to I make this into a feature film, but I, uh, let's just make the trailer. I'll get it and maybe I can screen it there at Texas Frightmare and that'll give me a reason to go and promote, get people to come look at it and so that's what we did. I decided I wanted to make a fake trailer. So I took scenes from the script and kind of changed them to where they would fit into the, to a trailer and kind of worked out the pacing of what I, I, like you were saying, I visualized what the trailer was going to look like. And they only shot those scenes. Like if someone says, what do you know about Butcher's Bluff? That's all he said. It wasn't a whole scene that I chopped up. That's all we did. You know, we'd go in there and we'd shoot, what was going to be said and what the shot was going to be. I didn't have to do multiple takes or multiple angles because I already knew what the shot was. So in three days, we shot that whole trailer and um, it ended up getting selected, screened there at Frightmare to a full house and then uh, got selected into some film festivals. I won a few film festivals as best trailer. And uh, I added that down to... uh, Andy Gogo when we were sh- talk- when we were finally did it and I guess that was what kind of was the catalyst to to us being funded was then I had something to show. Got it. You know, they could see the work and see what it speaks for itself. Like, oh, this actually looks really good. And so, you know to hear about any hurdles that you had while you were filming, but it sounds yeah. like that was kind of a the beginning of a the the Indiegogo the first one that you did was one of your hurdles, yeah, but you found absolutely. a workaround for it. Yeah, we, we had to figure out like, how do, how do I prove that we can make this? Mm-hmm. You know, I knew we, we, could, we could do it. Um, but I, I guess, you know, getting people to, to take you serious, you know, because I hadn't really sold anything. You know, I've won probably 30 to 40 film festivals of my zombie films and, and some other stuff, you know, but- uh, nice. <laughs> Film festival wins, I guess, wasn't enough, you know, to to get people. Okay, that was a zombie film. How are you going to do this? You know, I don't know. So the so making the making the the fake trailer was a big deal, and and I was it was fun too. So that's something I actually recommend to anyone who's want to get their film made. Make a trailer. Just do like a two two minute trailer. Make that your proof of concept. Yeah. Make a trailer. Make it good, and and get people's responses you'll know real quick if people are interested or not. And uh, the day I released that trailer, I had like probably 200 some odd views in like one day. It was, it was pretty cool. You wanna, I, <laughs> would, you like to, would you like the world to see your, your Indiegogo trailer? Sure. Yeah, the fake trailer. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I can pull it up. If somebody <laughs> wants to share that screen with me, I will, yeah. I will pull it up for us and we can go from there. Yeah, it's about uh, it's about two and a half minutes long. Okay. Can you drop the link inside of our chat? Yeah, uh, I can do that too. But I was gonna I was gonna go ahead and play it for. Oh, us. I was talking to William. But oh, okay, I can do that too. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so whoever's uh, whoever's the host, Keisha, can you uh, release the release the Kraken for the share the screen part of it? Let me uh, make her a co-host. 
And she just needs she just needs to allow me to share the screen. Yep, there we go. Thank you. Okay. Let's see if it's going to allow me to do it. It should. Whenever it pops up here. You can see on my whole screen, evidently, it's not going there. Hmm. I may have to stop sharing and do it again. Let me do it again. Because it should be right there. Yeah, it's not wanting to go there. Hmm. Don't know why it's not going there right now, because it was just right there. <laughs> there you can you see it? Uh, I see white now. Something now, yeah. So white. <laughs> you see why it's doing something you're seeing our indiegogo this is actually only got to have our pitch trailer this isn't the proof of concept trailer okay. here um, this was just something we did for my latest indiegogo in which we ah. are we, we still have uh, that's Brink Stevens right there by the way from Slumber Party Massacre so this is not it. No, this is actual footage from the film that we have now. This is not the ah. fake footage. Uh, this is just a little teaser, a 30-second teaser that I made just for our Indiegogo um, that we have up right now. We have about hmm. seven days left on this one. Um, so um, the, the proof of concept trailer was shot with a different camera. This, oh, is, okay. this is a 4K camera with a really nice lenses and stuff like that. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to go it ahead and play good. this one too? Um, yeah, sure, if you want to. This is going to have a, yeah, go ahead. It looks good. It does. We don't have any sound. Okay. The, the sound's not coming through. Yeah, it's dragging. It's Jack uh, got a big lag. Oh, well, we don't want to do that. We yeah. want to show you yeah, light. So yeah. Yeah. Video don't card. know why the lag is. That's kind of <laughs> odd. Well, there's a there's a link I've shared to the Indiegogo and the, the pitch video that is on Facebook at the Austin Action Fest page that you should be following and liking anyways. So if you want to see it, go ahead and check it out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the um, the cool thing about there's a few, I was when it, after you played it, I was going to tell you some of the cool things about the. Uh, Fake trailers actually had Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre be the narrator in it. Oh, nice. He's he uh, was the main guy talking throughout the trailer. He's actually in the film. We're going to be shooting his scenes in March. And for Ooh. anyone watching that wants to be in that scene, it is a perk available to be in the scene <laughs> with Bill Johnson, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Ooh. Massacre. Got it. Shameless, shameless plug. So, uh, we'll Liam, be doing a bar scene get with him. Connected with these people. How did you get connected with like Bill Johnson and Jeremy London and Bill Olbersch Jr.? How did you get connected mm -hmm. with them? Well, conventions mostly. Um, uh -huh. Jeremy was a different. Jer Jeremy was different. Uh, he had, he had a um, this guy named Sean who was his uh, his um, his convention manager or something at the time. Mm -hmm. and uh, I knew him, was talking to him, and uh, he actually got me connected with Jeremy, and then we, we, we worked a deal. Uh, Bill Johnson, I met him back in 09. He was in my first film, John. He was a priest in my first film, John. So my very first movie was not only a feature film, but it had other things in it. Um, wow. Bill, Bill lives in Austin. So um, there was a convention here in Austin that was a Fangoria uh, convention, and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is one of my favorite horror films. Uh, it's a dark comedy, horror, whatever. Had crazy Dennis Hopper running around in it, cowboy hat. This is just, <laughs> it's a blast. But anyway, uh, I met him 
was talking to him at his table. Um, I told him about the film I was working on, but I was about to start shooting. And uh, basically, Bill was just like, uh, oh, there he is. <laughs> he, was, uh, <laughs> he was like, why don't you send me a script? I'm like, really? <laughs> He's like, yeah, send me a script. I'd like to check it out. So I was like, all right, cool. So uh, didn't hear, I sent him a script, didn't hear from him for like a month. Like, oh, I guess that's not going to happen. So uh, one day I'm driving in my car, I get, a, I get a phone call and something told me to answer it. I don't usually answer calls I don't know. I don't have to say it. I answered it and this deep voice is on the other end. Hello, more of a this, medium. Is, this is Bill Johnson. Like everybody's standing like really close <laughs> to their face and mine's like kind of <laughs> So uh, Whatever. Ben, you're, you're still in there. Is it good? Okay. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, there you are. Uh, yeah, so Bill calls me on the phone and says, hey, I just read your script. And he was like, I, his exact words, I fucking love it. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, I'd like to be in it. And the rest was history. That is and, um, awesome. To have somebody that uh, has that much behind them be like, no, I want to be in your film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, he was awesome and helped out a lot, you know, with, with uh, you know, just, it was just great to work with. And then, he actually did a, we did a 48 hour film festival, a 40 challenge uh, a couple of years later. He actually did that for us as well. Wow. Anyway, he, That's he, not he, fair. <laughs> we, we didn't win or anything. Uh, 40, I don't have a much, much good to say about 48 hours. I'm sorry. It's oh legit. man. Don't, uh, let, don't let a lean hear that. Uh. <laughs> she already knows. She already knows my opinion on this shit. So, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend time making a film that has good audio, good lighting, good story, good acting, and then you lose to a piece of shit where you can see the fucking tripod in the back and it has a dumb, friendly story about a turtle in a bucket. Sorry. Oh, Done. Oh, Done. Oh, I remember the year. That was like 2013. Oh. I remember you that. Remember that year? I gave that a was a different year. I gave a disclaimer on Austin Action Fest. I said, William Minstone is going to be raw, so just prepare yourselves. So, <laughs> this Sorry, guys. Out there. <laughs> Will Mr. Instone's views? Do this not is my opinion. My opinion. My opinion. I've only. never done one. I've my opinion only. <laughs> and I take I take full full <laughs> proud of that. Um, there was another year that did a horror one, and the film. I worked on wasn't that good at all. I mean, it was okay, but I mean, I, but the film that was actually the best film that should have won all the horror awards mm-hmm. got disqualified because they said the character had to be seen on screen. Oh. And I'm like, are you, are you out of your fucking mind? Like this, that was wow. a great film. They guys, they did really good. And they disqualified them because the, the, the character that was supposed to be there was not seen on screen. And they ended up, but they, they the one winner of the film, the character that was supposed to be there was a cell phone, uh, a possessed cell phone, mm. which, which is not a person either. So uh, I argue. Was I the got, voice there? Was the person the that did the voice there? Yeah, yeah. Siri or whatever. They were talking about the, to the character on the phone, and you could mm. hear the guy talking on the other line. But since oh, you didn't see the character, they just they, they disqualified him. But you didn't see a character that was a cell phone. So I didn't okay. like the politics behind that. So I just thought that was, you know, the best films should win. And, so, and, then, and then you get that whole, it's not a competition. Well, sorry, 
It's a, it's a competition. It's a competition. <laughs> if you're giving awards out, if you're giving awards out, it's a competition. I don't care what anybody says. So I'm, I'm just saying. Four or five of them. They've always been a lot of fun. I've always met a lot of good people, great people. So they, they've yeah. been a lot of fun. I'm not saying don't do them. I'm just saying I'm not going to do them anymore. You know, I've had mixed experiences. I actually got like a second place to best actor. And I was like a bit character. Like, how did I do that? I was on screen for like two minutes, but apparently they really liked it. I don't know what that was about, but <laughs> I've had mixed experiences. Yeah. I've had some really, really bad ones <laughs> and really good ones. But what I will say, because wait, well, did I help you on one? Yeah, that's that horror one. You were out there that day when, when Robert got sick and you had to work second camp. Yeah. We yeah, were there yeah. at like 7 a.m. working on that. <laughs> One, but one of my favorite things about 48 Hour Film Festivals is that, like, I like difficult stuff because I know, like, if something gets difficult, it's, half it's the time it's quick. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's I like, hard. Like, 12 o'clock that first night when people were freaking exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was, like, you and me and, like, one other person that lasted the whole night. Everybody was dying. And then glad we, we finished the damn thing. I mean, you know, it's that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it, it is a challenge. And for the first two, maybe even three years, even after the whole turtle incident. I did it again. And I did the next one after that is what I did with Bill Johnson. And then I got snuffed again. I'm just kind of like, all right. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. I'm my mead right there. You know, that's, that's fine. Uh, maybe it's, I'm over competitive or something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I have thin skin by any means. Cause I, again, you got haters. I know I got them and I don't care. Bring them on. Uh, hey, your haters uh, are your motivators. That's, that's right. <laughs> you know, I know people are going to hate me, so it's okay. I'm hated at my job. I'm hated. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Bring it on. Well, people, but, you know, people like the haterade, man. Haterade. That's right. They, they're, they're drinking it up. I'll take, a, I'll take a sip of that haterade right now. I think, I think in film, especially, you have to Cheers. have relatively tough strength. Yeah. You have relatively to, man. tough skin, man, Cheers. because. You can't please people, everybody, man. Here's the thing. Like, I can watch a movie and think it's amazing. And someone else can watch it and tell me all the million reasons they think it's terrible. Kind of like me and Prometheus. I think it's a horrible film in the second half. But a lot of people loved it. I hated what I watched. I liked the beginning half. I didn't like the second half. And But other people, it's the best movie ever. And I can't convince them otherwise. So, Prometheus? You know, what are you talking about? Matrix? No, Prometheus, the movie okay. that's yeah. like the alien the prequel, prequel to the aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah, it was no. it was it was a letdown. Um yeah. some know, people uh, love that movie. Uh Fastbender was cool in it, but other than that, how know, do you yeah. mess up a movie with Idris Elba in it? I, I think they said they had two different writers. There's like a different was, writing team came in or something, and it kind of like if you pay attention, you can tell the first half of the movie is mm -hmm. different from the second half of yeah. the movie. Oh, yes. And I was telling people, I was like, I feel like I watched two different movies. And people were telling me, no, man, you're just hating. Because I, I didn't even know it was an Aliens prequel. I just thought I was watching some sci-fi movie about where man came from and it was going to be. <laughs> and, I, and I came out and I was like, I felt like I watched two different movies. I didn't. I liked the first half. I liked the second half. Then I found out there was some strife on set. But the point is, I feel that way. But other people love that movie. And so in film, I realized... Yeah. You're gonna have haters, man. Like you just gotta roll with that. Yeah, you got to, man. You know, somebody called somebody called my business partner a pork chop. They said he looked like a pork chop. What do you do with that? I'm sure I've been hard with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about being called pork. 
Yeah, He's got to roll with that, man. Yeah, yeah. That is funny. That is – he didn't – Edwin didn't think it was funny. <laughs> oh! Yeah, yeah no, I don't friend. think he would think it funny. They talked about my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> Those so trolls, man. Internet to, trolls are brutal. Yeah, we wanted to get into the financing oh, part goodness. of Witcher's Love. So Let's can you talk a little bit? I mean, you kind of gone into it a little bit, but maybe some more details about like financing, distribution, stuff like that. So distribution's a whole different animal that I won't be going into because I am not educated enough to into that area to tell you anything that um, would be <laughs> would be useful out there. But what I can tell you is our story of what worked for Butcher's Bluff. And I can't necessarily promise that it would work for another project, like for instance, a comedy or a, you know, melodrama or something like that. Let's just be honest, when you're crowdfunding, that shit's not gonna get funded. I'm just being real. An action movie might, and a horror movie might. If you have a following with comedy, maybe, you know, um, what you got to do is you have to have something marketable. You have to have people to get excited about what you're doing. And uh, mostly it's the networking. So before you can go into an Indiegogo, like I was saying, I, I networked for two years. So I already had the word out. I had lots of people talk, you know, talking about it already. Two years. And I had the mask out there. I had, a, I had this image of this character that people were interested in. So the first thing you got to do if you're going to go into an Indiegogo is you have to realize you have to use your social medias. So mm -hmm. before you launch your Indiegogo, you need to have at least, I would say at least a month. If you can give yourself two months, even better. You need to start your Facebook fan group. Mm -hmm. Okay. Start adding, inviting as many people as you possibly can to get in there and then start talking about your film. Now the reason for that is because the algorithms of Facebook limits how many people can see what you post. Okay, so when you post on your main page, maybe 25, 30 people see it. And I have, I think, almost 3,000 fans on my personal page. I said fans, what the hell? Friends, <laughs> Friends. on my personal page. Um, maybe 20 or 30 people see my posts. But when you're in a group, and for a member of that group, every single member will see that you posted in there. So they can choose to go in the group and see and, and look at what you posted. So that's how you get information out to those nice. people. So they know what's going. They know what's going on. So starting a group is the main thing you got to do. Okay, you start talking about your project. Tell then you announce we're launching on this day. Okay, mm -hmm. you want to launch on a Friday probably because it's a payday. To make sure that you're launching on a payday and don't do it on the first <laughs> when rents due. <laughs> People got to pay their rent. <laughs> Don't do it on rent week. Yeah, you're going to lose people right there. <laughs> yeah. So, launch on a Friday, probably the second Friday of the month, usually after, after rent. And uh, make sure you're telling people you got to contact because it's your first day. It's going to make all the difference. You have to get as many backers as you can on day one because after that, it falls off. Mm -hmm. So, uh, physically, telling people about it, emailing every single friend you have. You can't be afraid to hear someone tell you no. You know, no is like anything with actors, you're getting rejected. Filmmakers, you're getting rejected. You just tell them, this is what's going on and appreciate your help, even if it's a dollar. 
anything you can give us on that first day is going to help. And you'll see it starts trending and people just start donating. And again, like I was saying, if you have a project that's marketable and people are excited about it, if you have a trailer that shows that it's, this is going to be cool and you, you're selling it with your trailer, people are going to get behind you and support you. So what made you feel that your project was marketable? So where did you... Too many people tell me they love the project. They love, they love the character. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't have... I, honestly, I never really expected to be successful in the second Indie Go because we failed so bad the first time. I mm. um, was very apprehensive about doing it again because I, I, I had to refund everybody's money. I didn't take their uh, money. Everybody who, yeah. everybody, everybody who donated the first time, I refunded their money. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to take it. Um, so I refunded that's, everybody's money. And, and That's honorable. That's yeah. honorable. A lot, a lot of yeah. people do that. They hold yeah. on to it and they do whatever. No, no, I, re- I refunded it. Uh, yeah. And so the guy who runs Cult Classic Convention in Bastrop, um, mm-hmm. his name is Roy Rose. He owns the gas station, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre gas station in Bastrop, where they filmed the te- first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He... Um, he, he basically gave me the confidence to do it by saying that no one cares who's in your movie. No one's going to care about how much budget you had. What they're going to care about is that character. And he's like, that is a cool looking character. Mm. So just make it. And that's like, okay, you know, he, he's, he, I, think, I think you're right. I'm going to do it. And so, yeah, shout out to Roy, man. He's, he, he gave me the, the guts to go do it. And so we took the chance. And, um, you know, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people need that, need that, or they, that's that person that puts something into their ear that, that pushes, you already had the confidence that probably, but you need that little extra. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, after failing your confidence is kind of like, okay, uh, you know, am I going to try this? I I know I got something cool, but you know, do other people think that? And, um, so, yeah, you know, we, we, we launched it and we started off with a $10,000 goal and I made that in probably three hours. And then by, right. the end of the, by the end of the first day, we're at $15,000. That's awesome. And yeah. by the end of the 30 days, we hit $40,000. Nice. And so that's not a lot of money on the grand scale of things, especially if the tax man gets theirs. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and things like that, you know, I did have a social media consultant and an Indiegogo consultant, which took a percentage as well. Uh, he taught me how to do Indiegogo for the most part. And there are some other things that I'm not sharing. Because uh, I, pr- <laughs> I, I did promise him I wouldn't tell all the things that he does. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm staying to my word. I've, I've shared a few things, but the things I have shared is common sense shit. It's nothing yeah. that like you know, anybody couldn't figure out. I think a lot of people, if you look around at the Indiegogos now, they've all kind of figured out that you can get those, get those hundred people to donate a dollar on the first day that you're going to probably be relatively successful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because if you look at every Indiegogo nowadays, that's all, the, and, and they're pushing it. They're all, you'll all hear them say the same thing because you go to the people that are successful, that have successful campaigns and you just, just emulate what they're doing. Mm. Um, did you want to did you are you are you able to share the person that you think is a reputable social media or indiegogo consultant or do you want to 
Abel Berry. Abel Berry. His movie is called Strix. He made the movie Blood Sombrero. Oh, I was in that movie. Midnight Devils. No, I was uh, in. I was in Blood yeah. Sombrero. Yeah. Went he's up to a, Dallas to help him shoot yeah. that part of it. Yeah, yeah. He's a filmmaker, and uh, he, he knows his shit when it comes to to crowdfunding. So, if you want to, if you want, if you listen to him, do what he says. If he takes your project on, you just do what he says. You'll make money. Hey, on huh? your next movie, William. Because I know you're going to have more stuff coming out. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but on your next one, do you think you'll try to crowdfund again? Would you go that route again? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, just because it's obviously, why not? You know, raise what you can and then try to find outside investors to, to fill in the blanks of what, yeah. you, what you need. Now, um, I ran out of money, you know, relatively quick. Um, with this because it's expensive feeding people. Cause here's, I guess we could go into yeah. another hurdle was <laughs> we get this, we sh- I launched October 4th of uh, 2019, October 4th. We did 30 days. So we get out there towards uh, in November or such. And they, it takes some time before Indiegogo releases your money. Mm. Right before they're around to release our money, we get shut down. The whole economy shut down. All of a sudden, COVID hits us right in the ass. So I'm like, oh, okay. I had already booked Brick Stevens, you know, here. I've got had all these actors already had their days set to come, you know, so we had to re- I had to cancel. I, I uh, had an Airbnb mm-hmm. booked, which is another thing for people. If, you know, you'd be surprised at how many Airbnb owners will let you film in there. If you need a house that looks good contact airbnbs tell them what you be honest with them tell them what you're doing have production insurance which airbnb has their insurance anyway but if you have production insurance as well um they're a lot more likely to let you use it and we did that twice here but anyway i had the airbnb booked and we had to cancel we had to cancel flight we had to cancel the the airbnb and everything and wait for the to open up again and uh because of COVID, you know, there was a lot of extra expenses, like, you know, feeding people was different, you know, than we could yeah. just get catering and, you know, you had to have hand sanitizers around and just, you know, again, we worked with a small crew anyway. So um, it was uh, not that much different from us to have a small crew. To us, it was a big crew. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> like, well, it's, a, it's a big crew. And actually, on the, on the grand scheme of things, it's still very small. Um, so, yeah, the, we, the money, money was, was, will disappear really fast. So, you know, you have to be, you have to be smart with what you're spending on and just uh, try to go as cheaply as you possibly can with, with where you can, but also don't, don't uh, skimp out on people, you know, people, especially people who are working their ass off for 12 hours for you. Uh, yep. Do your feed them, make sure you have plenty of snacks and drinks and things. And that adds up, you know, uh, on main cast, I had seven people in the main cast and a lot of scenes that are actually all seven of them are in the scenes together at the same time. Plus mm-hmm. you have your seven or eight crew members and makeup artists and things like that. So, you, you know, I'm feeding 25 people, you know? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So, so, in, and we're on location at a lot of these places. So, you know, you have after catering food and uh, oh, sometimes yeah. three, $300, sometimes to feed everybody because <laughs> you have to get individual things for people. You can't have the big buffet things people had to, you know, just order. So that was a big expense. 
So hopefully next year. Due to COVID, you had to do that? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you know, you don't want to have, even though we were around each other all the time, you still didn't want to have everybody scooping up their foods and just throwing it on there, you know, and stuff. I mean, I didn't really care, but I had a respect for everyone else. You know, Uh, I don't usually eat on set, which is why I don't care. Uh, I hardly ever sit down and I hardly ever eat. Um, I understand. It's it's because you just don't have time. I'm just too. I got too much stuff going on. So, um, anyway, uh, it's uh, it was it was a very big expense that mm. a chunk that we weren't expecting. Yeah, got um, it. Nobody thinks about food. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, think yeah. about food because you got to keep people happy with food. I mean, that's a, that you can make yeah. or break <laughs> the spirits. Craft services. Man. <laughs> yeah, I always and, say craft services. And, and I get tired of pizza, to be honest with you. So, oh, yeah. I've been I did that only a few times. You know. like, come on. Yeah. Man. If people put, put Costco or Sam's in their back pocket, sometimes if they're going to be, you know, the independent natured and maybe cook their own food or, or get somebody to handle that. Oh, yeah. Or, or make it. Or, we had yeah. to do that at the end. Towards the end when I was running out of money, it was the crock pot. My, yeah, mom, yeah, and my, yeah. my mom and the crock pot were making stuff. And actually the crew was like, hey, this is good stuff. It is normally better, to be honest with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom would just cook. Yeah. Negotiate with somebody sure. that you love and you yeah. never know what they'll do for you. It depends on how big your set is. So, yeah. 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 But exactly. you got to feed people and then let, also uh, stick to the hours sometimes unless you really have a well, full team. So here's the thing is we only did a few times that we ever even hit 12s. I didn't yeah. want to have to have anybody work 12s. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think there was one day we did a 14. Yeah. And then I had some, I had some, uh, like camera crew was like, this is normal. <laughs> like, you know, was like, we're used to working 15, 16. So, uh, you know, I, I, didn't want, I don't like pushing people that much because it does yeah. towards the end, you just start, you're, you're burned out and you know, yeah. your performances, everybody's performances are, are, are just Sorry. spent. You start, you know, messing up and letting yeah. takes go through that shouldn't, that really wasn't good. Oh, it's good enough. And it really wasn't. Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. You know, you know. Really, Scott says something about if you don't get what you're you're trying to get within the first three to five takes, I, I let it go after that because you're not going to, he says, what, you're not going to get any better yep. after that for some reason. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I agree with that one. But yeah. I think some people, sometimes, if, especially if you haven't ever worked with somebody and you mm. come on and you haven't done a lot of rehearsal, which tends to sometimes happens with independent films, there's oh, yeah. a lot of rehearsal. And so sometimes you're just getting warmed up and that is your, that is almost like your table read in a sense. Mm-hmm. And mm. so you're getting used to how somebody moves and whatever that blocking, what, anyway. Yeah, and it feels, uh, uh, I, I agree. I go past that. That's the only thing that I did. Usually those guys have done their table reads. They've done their rehearsals. They've, mm. they've had so much. They've got their stand-ins and mm. it's kind of coming in. And we're, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's, here's well, something well, I like well, to well, do for that. Uh, go ahead. But one thing I want to contrast that by, Daniel uh, what, Fincher, David Fincher? David yeah. Fincher. Mm-hmm. Fincher. Um, he's known for a crap ton of takes. Yeah, that's too, too many. many. You can be too many and, too, <laughs> you know, and being too anal with. Oh crap! He wants yeah. things perfect. Yeah, and I've I'm seen like, actors not be down with that, bro. I've been on sets with that, like if they had a bigger name yeah. guy, and it was mm-hmm. like lower name, like not named filmmakers, and they were doing too many takes, and you could see that that dude is like, "Yo, what are we doing right now?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what are the 
were going to uh, say, with you, you know, if you don't have the rehearsal time, we did get a table read. Um, we did it through Skype, like we're doing right now. Thankfully, mm-hmm. we were able to get that in, um, but we didn't really get rehearsals. Um, if someone's got a lot of monologue, you know, or a lot of a really buttload of dialogue, don't film them first. Get reactions, get over the shoulders, get you know, get people with less dialogue. Have them deliver the lines back to the camera because mm. he's gonna he's gonna be better. By the time nice. you flip the camera around, exactly. he's already he's already done eight you know nine takes of saying <laughs> of saying the same thing. So now he's you're warmed up, okay? So you flip it around, boom, there he is. That's, so that's a good that's, idea. That's, that's one of the advice. Yeah. Thank you. That's one of yeah. the techniques I like to use. I also like to have when sometimes record the rehearsals because mm-hmm. sometimes those rehearsals blow away yep. anything that was yep. already. We done, would hit so. we would hit record sometimes. We didn't yes. have a slate. So it's kind of yeah. like we're like just 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 roll on this. We'd be quiet. The actors don't know that we're yeah. recording them, yeah. and we're recording it. Mm. And so yeah, some of those times they're just they're nailing those things before yeah. they because the nerves aren't there. They're just like oh you know whatever we're, yeah. we're not recording. Yeah we are. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got it. So I did have a question about the financing side. Sure. I, think, I think the last time we chatted, you mentioned that there was somebody who kind of came through. Uh, there was an individual yeah. who really sold some things up can you tell us a little bit about that yeah well i mean i just lucked out i mean i've never met the man before uh i don't know if he wants his name out so i won't drop his name no um i'll have to actually ask him in the future if that's okay to say something (laughs) but he probably doesn't want people bombarding him so i'll keep his name anonymous at this time um yeah I, i never met him um he just donated to the film and um bought a producer's credit and uh so i'm just like okay cool and uh started talking and it's like what else do you need wow and so let me be clear them, you you don't know this person no nope. uh, not from texas not from texas you never they don't know you from any did they was he nope. a fan of your stuff previous or nope. was this had never heard of me before saw the trailer liked the project believed in the project <laughs> said basically that he thought that this was, this was going to be something. He just had a feeling. It wasn't the smartest move to put money into a, uh, such a high-risk endeavor as an independent film, but something told him to do it, so he did. Wow. And um, so, yeah, I got, I, I got a little, little bit more than, uh, than what we raised. After, after Indiegogo was over, I got a little bit more after that. Um, as wow. a life, again, as a lifeline because of the food thing running us a little high. And... Um, one thing about this project is I did have, I guess we're going to credit two different people as our, as our DPs because of scheduling. Mm. And so I had to pay two different DPs, two different rates. Oh. Plus we had multi- two cameras going at all times. So some, at any given point, I probably had about six people work the cameras throughout the production. That we had oh, you had a legit, yeah. okay, you had like a legit camera team. So you had, you know, cam up, no. set your camera system. No, nope. no, no, just throughout. Sometimes those cameras oh, would be okay. able to make it. So throughout, we'd have six people that actually put <laughs> cameras throughout the project. Like, nope, they're not going to make it this day. So they're, they're on a different project. Okay, this guy's oh, coming over. Okay, I got you. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I you meant, you know, like the classic cam op, you know, assistant cam, second assistant. No, 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 no. We, our uh, second AD ran the B camera most of the time, or uh, Matt would run it. 
Um, Been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so if we didn't have a second cam, either one of them would jump on the camera and, and be the second camera. And we had the same cameras with the same lenses. One would be on the 50 to 100. The other one would be on the 18 to 35. Sigma? Get, yeah, Sigma Arts. Dude, that mm -hmm. thing is so pretty. I'm, yeah. That's what I'm on right now. I'm on the 1835 Sigma. Yeah, yeah. The Sigma Art is a great lens, um, and the Blackmagic 4K uh, cinema cameras. So, got it. Yeah, they were they were they looked really good. I I, I can't say I'm um, unhappy with the Blackmagics, but I mean we had to learn. We had never worked with them before. We learned real fast that they don't they are not good in low light. You have to light <laughs> the hell out of them to get them to look good because it was just like damn. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned that you were editing. Are you editing everything from like beginning to end? To end? Are you just doing like a basic cut and you're sending it somewhere else? How yeah, are you handling all, the editing? I do, all, I do all of it. You're I doing everything. everything. I the do it. Yeah. No. no, no, no. I will. I will have a colorist. I'm not a okay. colorist. Okay. I will have. Um, I will have someone do the sound mix. Okay. Um, but uh, I'll have it synced. You know, I'll have the. I'll have the cuts. You know, cut up the way it needs to be cut. There's a few graphic things got to be put in there. Um, little after effects that have to be put into a few spots. You know, we do have a few little small glitches here and there. Um, but other than that, there's nothing that's not easily fixed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I'm the only one that can edit it, to tell you the truth, because I'm the only one who probably have the patience to sit there and go through <laughs> what we went through. And there were some times, as we said, we got rushed, we didn't use a slate. So I'm about to go through and find the yeah. audio tracks. Since, you know, we're just like, we got to go. We got to go. Um, yeah. You know, our sound guy was also our lighting guy. So he was running two jobs. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Then a co-director's camera operator. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah. uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm directing, I'm acting, I'm doing all this other crap. I'm doing wardrobe and. I mean, You're an independent film. We were all, all doing multiple jobs. Yeah. I mean, so we call compressed crew. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's thing about filmmaking is you can't do it alone. You know? yeah. I mean, it's like, it's just really, Oh can't. no. I mean, you get, you can set a camera up. Yeah. I guess you can make a film by yourself, you can. Yeah. but it's not going to be as good and it's going to be a headache. So yeah. I would say you really can't. And it's really important to have a crew that you can work with. Yes. You know, we're, you're, you're with those people for a long time. Like we started at the end of July and we shot all the way up until the first uh, weekend of November. Um, basically we're on hiatus right now because the grass trees and stuff have changed. We have to wait Ooh, for the grass yeah. and the trees to come back. Didn't think about get that. Our wood. Yeah. 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 It was some of the shots we were having, it was supposed to be during the same day. And, um, uh Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have uh, we have orange leaves now. Don't show the trees. <laughs> so uh, I, I just had to get a uh, insert shot of one that we didn't get of a um, an exterior of the house, one of the Airbnbs. I contact the owner to go get that shot. I went out there, and all the grass is dead. So it doesn't match up with it. So I'm like, okay. So luckily, he was really cool about everything. So yeah, just come back. I said, can I come back? And I got I got the shot for a placeholder in the edit. Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, I might have to go back when the grass is green because it just it's dead. And that's those are things again. Yeah, I made a schedule, a very ambitious schedule, <laughs> very <laughs> ambitious schedule of uh, twenty-one shoot days. 
and where we ended up at a, yeah we ended up at about 30 some odd we still not done yet so that's still pretty good no, yeah that is really good how about how many more days do you think you oh need? probably a, at least seven more eight more okay um a lot of them are smaller days or lot they're smaller shoots at this point um a lot of pickup stuff yeah, mostly pick up things, a few full scenes, but even those full scenes are not that long. Okay. Um, the, Bill, the Bill Johnson scene in the bar, it's the biggest scene we still we have to do now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so, but most of the stuff, that, I mean, all the real big important things are, 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 are shot at this point. If I absolutely had to, I could cut the film together right now and it'd, hmm. be, complete, it'd be complete but I wouldn't want to. It's missing those right. few ingredients and especially insert shots and that. Yeah, there were some things like, like we can get that shot later. We don't need, that's another thing. When you're worrying, when you have a small crew and you're running out of time, you have to just, you know, think of things like that. Like, do I have to get that exterior shot right now? I can come back and get it later. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have these actors here. I have to wrap this up. And a lot of times we were chasing daylight, especially as we got towards the end of October and it was getting dark a lot quicker. And we weren't used to that because we had shot through the summer, and like, oh, we got daylight to eight o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, six o'clock's rolling around, like the sun's setting. Shit, we got to get this shot. <laughs> and so, uh, like you were saying before, with uh, those early takes, uh, kind of didn't have any choice on some of the one, one particular scene. Um, yeah, by the time we got to flipping the camera around and stuff, the sun was setting. We had to use the basically the shots that we had where the sun was still up. You didn't have a choice. So they were just a lot of uh, two shots, you know, kind of medium two shots. And just they're acting, which is cool. You know, I don't like a lot to do a lot of cuts if you don't need to, and hmm. unnecessary cuts. And it worked. I was I was uh, upset at first, like, okay, this I'm about to reshoot this. Damn! But then as I <laughs> as I went along editing it, I found that shot. I'm like, wait a minute, this works just fine. I don't have to. Awesome. Thank God, this I don't have to. I don't have to reshoot that. And thank um, God your actors were in it. You know what I mean? They were they. Yeah. They're a a very dedicated, awesome group of people, man. I was really lucky to get the the talent that I got and, you know, the crew that I had to work with. I mean, I have nothing but good things to say about everyone. You know, they really busted their ass for me. I hope I can repay them someday, you know. Wow. That is awesome, man. Well, one, I want to say shout out to uh, Bejan. Make sure I say this right. Faramazi. Uh, yeah, I work, I've worked with him. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he was watching Skeeter Jenkins in the building Skeeter. once again. He's a he's a classic. He's a veteran of our podcast. And then uh, Tristan Riggs, also out there. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate Thanks, you. Guys. Feel free to drop any questions. Yeah. Uh, in in the chat, let us know. Um, we'll try to get that get uh, in stone and give us some answers and some insights. Uh, and I have a process. question for you. Yeah. Uh, what got you pointed to a horror? Well, I'm just a screwed up kid, man. (laughs) Okay, um, I guess I can go back to being about eight years old. And uh, a babysitter took me to see A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it scared the hell out of me, but I loved it. I was going to say, it scared me. (laughs) Yeah, it was scary. I'd never seen anything like that. I was terrified, but it was also at the same time really cool. I was like, Freddie is cool, you know? And I'm a big fan of Jason. So when I, as, uh, you know, I started watching the Friday the 13th movies, and I just, I just loved them, you know? Okay. Plus, you know, I'm into, I like, always been a, a rocker. So when I was a kid, I loved Kiss, you know? 
I, I like the Motley Crue and they were, what were the big mm-hmm. hair and all the theatrics and stuff like that. So I've always kind of liked stuff like that and heavy metal and, and, and horror kind of go hand in hand. So Got it. that's pretty much I see that. what I give. I, I see that. <laughs> What I give my credibility to that too. Uh, you know, as a filmmaker, horror is marketable. Yes. I don't just make horror right. films. Yes. I have I have I have a lot of scripts of from comedy to dramas to all this shit. You know, I've actually got an action type of film that I want to make. And I've actually was working on finishing up the script on that. But they're not as marketable as horror. You can make a horror for a lower budget and you can actually sell it and make some money. If even not make at least make your money back and, and get distribution and be a credible filmmaker at that point, because the most loyal fans are horror fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Horror fans are supportive and, and loyal. And the industry. Yeah, yeah, I know the industry. So what's the what's the end game with with the film, the path for the strategic oh, path? Yeah, well, well, distribution, man. I'm, here's the yeah, thing: is right now. Right now, um, the, the market is starving. Yeah. It is. There's, there's, because of COVID, you know, maybe some people say this is, it was a bad thing, but uh, for us guys, it's actually a great, <laughs> great thing that it was shut down. Hollywood's churning up crap most hey, of the time anyway, man. you know? Sorry. Uh, you know, sorry for my SAG people. I hate that you're out of work. Ooh, yeah, that's you know? rough for them. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I, know a, I know a few people that are hurting right now, and and I'm sorry, but you know, for us little guys, this is a good opportunity for us because we can make our movie, and we can. There's a chance that we're going to actually be able to sell it for more than what we probably would have gotten last year before all this crap happened. Um, yeah. Because the, we need content, and um, so that's that's the that's the plan. I do think we do have a very marketable character, and uh, the story. You know, I don't give too much away. I told you kind of a gist of what it's about. There's a lot more to it than what I just said. Um, yeah, it's got all the nods to those 80s horror classics, but it's also, it's got some original things to it. I mean, not every story has already been told. Nothing is original under the sky anymore. So, but there's enough of an original plot to it to where, you know, people, even if they don't like horror films, would probably mm-hmm. enjoy the film. I also love... Uh, I also have some comedy in there. You know, I, I crack a joke here and there. You know, it's, it's, sure. that's part of my that's part of my personality. So, um, I that got the stoner characters that say some pretty funny lines, and then I got some redneck characters that are pretty hilarious. So, um, the rednecks are who? Yeah, the red rednecks that you, you just talking. They don't even have to even say things that are supposed to be funny. They just come across as funny because that's just yep. you know. Uh, uh, do you do you have so typically the black person gets killed first a lot of times you have a black person in there and all that gets killed first just because that's spoils uh, Christopher, Christopher Wimbush is in it Christopher, oh, boy. Chris, Christopher, wait, Christopher Wimbush is in everything man <laughs> Wimbush is a redneck he put the uh, he put the chew of tobacco in his mouth and everything that's and, and of course, he's like, he's like, wait a minute, I'm not dying today. <laughs> like, <laughs> like That's... you don't know if you're going to die or not. He goes, well, I'll expect to die. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Uh, that is hilarious to me. Oh uh, yeah, he, yeah he, he's, he's funny. He's he's uh, yeah, 
he's hilarious to work with. And uh, he's good people. I, great. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we've, we've been on a few different projects together. So when the opportunity came to bring him in, I definitely brought him in. So it's like, yeah, he got a good energy. And that's what everyone was saying. Like, man, he's so fun to work with. Yeah. He so. was on at least two different movies. I shot the second one and the most recent one I shot in Houston. He, yeah, he was in that one too. We had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we're all laughing. We've all yeah. Together. yeah, I mean that's it's that's a cool thing about Austin, man. And this is it a small community. You know, we, we uh most of us have all been on at least a set or two together. Yeah. yeah. If you if you're in the if you're working the, the scene and long enough, you're gonna meet most of the players that are going around. Yeah. Um, I'll admit, you know, again, like you said, I'm controversial in a way. I'll say it. I don't care. There is a, there is an elitist group of filmmakers in Austin. <laughs> Very elitist, artsy-fartsy group of filmmakers. No names are being said, but uh, I want nothing to do with them. So, you Got know. it. But everyone I've worked with has always been cool. You know? Yeah. So, I so. mean, if you're in Austin and you're making films and it's a bad experience on set, I mean... <sighs> Like you're just, I think you're you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like it should be mm -hmm. fun. Like it yeah. should it should be fun. And I, I tell people this all the time. Like I, we're we're business owners, right? We're we're entertainment entrepreneurs, film entrepreneurs, as as Ferrari says it calls it. And so, I don't get. I didn't get in the business to work with people I don't like. Right. Like if I get to choose my coworkers, they're going to be people I want to hang out with. Like. I will hang out with Keisha, Danielle, and chill. We're friends, like, outside of mm -hmm. work. If, if they were dirtbags, we would not all be here. Like, that's right. – are better things to do with our time. Yep. Right. You know, we're, we're not doing well, this for the money, sure. obviously, right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so we're hanging out for 12 hours a day. You're not getting paid. Yeah, it's uh, not drink a drink. Yeah. So, so of course you gotta, you gotta work with people you get along with. And, you know, when you come in as an actor and I'm talking about, you know, our, our makeup artists, I did have one negative experience. Again, I won't say names as a makeup artist, not as a, you know, um, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, I had to do a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, I'll just say it was a zombie film. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, I had to, and it wasn't my own, but it was a zombie film, and I had to, I had to make a lot of zombies, and it was, it was, it was just a bad experience, very bad. Got it. Got <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of people had that same experience. So I'm kind of like, oh shit! It bids left because he's like, I think I know what he's talking about. Yeah, people again. The Austin community is small, so when you when you get a reputation, they're gonna know who the fuck you are. So yeah, that's so why I try know. to be. I try to be positive. I try to have a good yeah. time on every set. It's like treat everybody yeah. nice, man. Thank Just you goes a movie. long way. Thank totally, you goes a really long totally, way. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on at least yeah. one set where I came. I'll never forget. I came on a set and someone was. It was actually a, it was a zombie movie, and uh, mm. the one of the actresses didn't know I came to bring equipment. Like they needed to borrow my camera gear, and so mm -hmm. I showed up the Sigma lens and something else. So I helped out as a PA and she wanted me, the actress wanted me to do something. And I was like, Hey, that's like an expensive item. Not my department. I don't really want to mess with that. And she got like furious with me over that. Mm -hmm. And she, I mean, I just ignored her. Cause it was my, my, it was my friend's set. And I was, you know what? 
this was somebody else's set, I would have just bounced. But it was my friend's set, so I just walked away from this woman while she lost her mind. But she didn't know. I was like, man, I could, I could just leave and take my lenses, and then y'all could have no lenses to shoot this film with. Right. But she didn't know. Like, I think a lot of times when people get the attitudes or whatever, like, you don't ever know in Austin who you're mess, who you're talking to, because mm-hmm. I've been on, I've been on background as a, um, as a background on like Revolution, mm-hmm. but I'm there scouting for people to use in my project. But yep. I'm just the background that day, and so you got to be real careful with how you treat people. You don't know no. who they are today or who they're going to yep. be. That's where I, I met. I met Winbush on the set of uh, Lita. Um, so, see, we were on Alita, and that's where I met him. That so. is a life lesson to learn, though. I think no matter where you yeah. go, you exactly never right. know who you may be standing behind mm-hmm. in line or who may be. You just never know. You True. know, I think in life, that's a good life lesson to learn. Watch what you say. Watch mm-hmm. how you treat people. That's right. Yeah. 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 All, all business lessons are life lessons. If yeah. it doesn't apply to life, it's not probably a really good business lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 just the thing like we're getting at. I guess the whole moral of this is just treat your people right. Yeah, yeah. people right. Uh, that's period. that's yeah. really the big thing. It's just you know, it's it's just common decency. And I know that you know sometimes you know you can. I try to make excuses for people, give them the benefit of the doubt that are stressed out. Right. This is, this is a very hard job. You know, making a film is not easy. And you want to give them a pass, but if it happens over and over again, it, it kind of comes to a point like, okay, well. Maybe maybe I was wrong, you know. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it is. And I mean, you're a business owner. You're a business owner working on a series of like small businesses. And I think a lot of us don't think about that side either. Like what, but you know, uh, Butcher's Bluff is one intellectual piece of piece of intellectual property for you. Yep. One yep. business you'll be selling that product. Right. You know, for X number of years, and then you're going to go work on another business and product. And these people Absolutely. you're working with are working in your business. And we just have to, I think, the better we understand those things and the better we're able to to look at it from the business side in addition to the artistic side, the more longevity we'll have yeah. in what we're trying to do. You know, I think a lot of people forget that um, they have a brand, you know, when it comes to a business and you have a value behind your brand, what is, what are your values, you know? Mm. And so being able, and one of those values is to respect everybody that you come in contact with, you know, and they respect you. So obviously there's a, there's a point to where you're not going to take crap from people if they're, <laughs> if they're disrespecting you, but there's also a level of respect that when, when not insta, you know. he does Wing Chun as well. No, he's yeah. not taking crap. <laughs> I don't think that. Most other things. <laughs> hey, I want to do an action film, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to it. Um, I'm writing one right now. It's kind of like a Death Wish meets The Wrestler. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's he very first posted, man. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's a uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, I came up with the original idea after my brother died. Was drug overdose, and it's basically about an addict. But I had to make the addict be somebody that's not someone you want to screw with, and so I made him an ex-professional wrestler. And, uh, he ends up becoming a vigilante for. But the whole story behind it, there's a lot more to it. But anyway, that's the script. I'm almost finished. I mean, I am done with it, but I'm rewriting it. You, you have to rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. Uh, oh, the original man. script was written. Written back in 2012 was the original script, and I'm still writing it now. So that's uh, cool. it's been evolving, evolving cool. into more. 
what I really, really want to see is a talky romance drama from William Instone. That's the movie I want. <laughs> a talky really romance drama? Is that what you said? Romance drama. I want Daniel Steele. That's what I want from William Instone. <laughs> Oh, it's not happening, man. That's not my game. I do have a romance. I, I do have a romance story that's been brewing in here, but it's 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 on the dark side. Uh, yeah. So it's it's. I actually posted the synopsis on my Facebook the other day in a little fake art that I could, came up with. It was a story I came up with years ago, and that's it's also evolved. Uh, Got it. Yeah. They all they all end up being they all end up being dark and twisted. It's just that's just how I roll, you know. Even my comedies are messed up and dark. And just, <laughs> so. Well, I got I got an idea. Actually, something I'm working on. We got to chat uh, offline at some point in time. Mm. But yeah, well, he doesn't. I got, he doesn't. I, he doesn't know about the world. Um, no, I don't think he knows about that at all. Okay. Me and Will didn't talk about. That. There's a couple of different things I got. I got cooking because you know. All right. I, and I, and Will, tell me, tell me if you felt you feel this way, but I know we all do. Um, like the most exciting day for me on with any kind of project is payday and it's not when i get paid it's when i pay everybody else because in my mind what i get excited about as a, as a business person is that i'm producing something that is paying people and allowing them to feed their families like that is like when when i'm able to do that i know i'm gonna get blessed in some way as long as i'm doing that and helping these people I'm going to win some kind of way. So that's like the most exciting time for me. Do you, do you have that same kind of like feeling when you're making a film and you got, you went out and you raised the funds, right? You went to all these comic conventions, you did all this work and then you get actual Kickstarters and money in and you're like cutting checks to your people who are making this thing that will hopefully impact other people when they see it. Do you feel that kind of like the charge like that as well? Well, um, I think I will when I'm able to actually ever to pay everyone. Uh, <laughs> there's there's still the core crew that that uh, that are, are waiting to get paid when when we sell it. We're kind of like there's a few people agreed to come on board with that agreement. Yeah. Um, That's cool. That's actually really awesome. Uh, I, I did I I did pay my camera crews. I paid my effects people. I, mm. You know, I, I paid you know those things that. That, that you know, but all of them are getting paid. And yes, I, I, it's going to feel good to 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 give them that for their work and let say me, thank you. You know, let me, thank let me, for, for it. You know? Let me ask you in code because uh, no one else will catch this except for you. Maybe um, is is uh, is pretty long hair swole one of the people who's getting def is deferred or yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I know you. Know, I was curious. I don't know if chilling, Danielle. I was curious if they pick it up. Um, no, because I've seen a lot of the marketing you've been doing for it, man. I mean, it's it's really awesome to hear. And a lot of what you talked about doing is like it's the part of not only business but specifically film that people don't talk about. Networking is like work. Idiot networking. Yes. So going to those, going to those events, dressing up in a costume, paying those entry fees, getting a booth or not, walking around trying to get the right people to get attention, to get like that's all like hard work, man. That most well, of well, us well, aren't well, willing well, to do. Dang, you know, there's a difference now. 
paying paying the same the same amount of money to go to online film festivals. What you do at AFM, you need to start doing the business side on that side too. You know? Well, yeah, but I'm talking specifically. He's going to just like the conventions just to okay. walk around in a yeah. costume yeah, like that. It's networking. Yeah, that's, that that's, is a really a direct maneuver. Which, like, when I heard, I was like, "Well done, sir. Well done." Because yeah. most of us don't think to even try. Not to mention, you know, people talk about you have to niche down, which you have you have honed in a niche. Because when I think. When I think zombies or horror or whatever, you're one of the, you're literally like top, the first person I think of in Austin. Cool. So like you. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted. <laughs> exactly. So you did yeah. that. I mean, and then in, in addition to niching down, like you're just very, very proactive in what you got going on, man. So that's like awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I want people who are paying attention at home to understand like this is one of the ways I was taught to be as effective as possible in my market. Um, we did pure action and that like it was like if people weren't getting roundhouse kicked in the face I don't even know why my phone is ringing right now but I did that on purpose so that I could get really good and really well known for that now we take all kinds of stuff but originally I wasn't even trying to do anything that had anything to do with not action so I mean it's been very very effective for you to really get really really streamlined and honed in and really really good at one specific thing get your name out there strong and now you can branch off into action and all these other other things. So do you think that that's you think that's an advisable way for people to go about? Yeah. Oh yeah, cuz I mean you're also learning do, do, work at what you're good at. Get good at what you're good at and then move on to to something else and, and take you know take a stab at something else i'll put it in, i'll put it like this so you can relate to it okay say say your left leg sucked at kicking right mm -hmm. do you overtrain your right leg you know or should you train your left leg to be better hmm. now, there's two ways of thought maybe i'm gonna train my right leg to be better because i can actually i'm really good with that i'm strong with that i'm gonna score with it but would you what happens if you roll that ankle or something or you have mm. stuff a toe, and then you now you you have to switch leads, and then that happens. You don't have your gotcha. left leg because you can't do anything with it. Gotcha. I think, and I think so, part of what you said that's really yeah. good is that you have yeah. to have a plan too. You have to, if you know are going to do it different, you got to know what you're doing. Because think of it like this, and from the filmmaking perspective, yeah, okay, I make horror, but what if someone come up to me and says, "Hey, I have a million dollar budget. I want you to make a, a romantic comedy." Am I gonna <laughs> am I gonna say no? I'm going to tell them I'm probably not. I'm going to say I'm probably not the best person to this job. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, have you seen what I've done? Now, another option could be, you know what? Yes, I will make that film for you. And then you immediately get on the phone and start calling those people. <laughs> that's a, that, that too. Keep them on your team. That's the that, other thing too. <laughs> that's, that's also a thing. Yeah. Um, take that money and I'm going to, and I'll put my name gladly right in the front of that. Look at this romantic yep. comedy I made for, for <laughs> lifetime or whatever. Right in prejudice. When I get rich, I'm going to earmark like 75 grand. <laughs> to give directly to William Instone to make a romantic comedy. And I'm going to be very specific. There can be no freaking warlocks. I don't want to see any freaking hogmen and no pentagrams, no zombies, nothing. Straight Danielle Steele 
shining rom- romance. That's what you... I mean, the warlock can't just fight, like question his darkness and fall in love with the pretty girl nope. and like, no. leave his... Uh-uh. No, <laughs> you didn't have one chop off the head. No. I'm up for the challenge. Hey, man, look, I mean, honestly, well, Keisha, this one of the movies I worked on was it was a drama. I mean, there was action in it. Some lady, somebody got slapped in the face, right? So, I mean, technically it counted. I, technically it still counts there. There was action. It was not an action movie, but there was action. But it was not an action film. Um, but that was still after we had done, we had done a couple things after that. So it was a friend of a friend. Of a friend. Um, actually, no, uh, she was originally a friend of a friend, but we were pretty close. Me and Jess were pretty close by the time that had happened. So um, that made a little more sense. But yeah, we, th- what you're doing has been very, very effective. I think a lot of people don't go that route. And so they spread themselves really thin. Right. And there's no, it's really just, just there isn't a strategy to, to the maneuver. It's just like, I'm going to take whatever gig comes my way. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. then you don't stand out. And so now I don't know, man, when it's sci-fi, I got to call this guy. Or when it's like right. super, you know, historical drama, this is the guy that I call for that. It's just, well, there's all these random filmmakers. And I can't tell you why one is better for this job than the other one. So right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that you should you should get your niche and, and get really good at it. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, if you're if you're known for something, yeah, it, it does get open up a door for you to, for possibilities. So I mean for for years I was the zombie guy, you know. <laughs> That's why I was doing makeup artists for other people's work because they all wanted my zombies on there, you know. I was like, okay, cool, I'll make some good zombies, man. I um, mean so yeah, you know, I had really good artists on, among the dead and I learned a lot from them and, and, um, you know, the nice yeah, I, was, I, could, yeah. I could do these myself again. That's, that was one of the things with among the dead. I, uh, ran out of money. And so I had to, I, towards the end of that film, I had to do all the makeup because I couldn't afford to pay anyone. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but you can't tell which ones I made and which ones the other makeup artists made because I already learned and spent a lot of time researching and figuring out how to make zombies. So, yeah. So uh, let me ask you, with, with this one, if everything goes exactly as you want it to go, let's just say all the stars align, it's, per, it's flawless, right? Um, what, what happens with, with uh, Butcher's Bluff? Is it, it goes on to be a box office smash picked up by, I don't know who's still going to be around by the yeah, time this who, happens. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be in existence at that time? I don't know what theater is going to even be around in Texas yeah. to show that. Um, like, what? What's the perfect, the perfect scenario for you? Uh, well, I have a sequel already lined up, um, so okay. I'd like to be able to sell it, get it out there, you know, get a following, and then have that sequel come pretty quick. The Friday the Thirteenth sequels were knocked out pretty fast, close to themselves. Oh, keep it going. Keep it going while while it's still hot. Don't let it don't let it die out, you know. Got um, don't wait five or six years to make a sequel. I w- I'd want to do it within like two years, you know. Shoot the okay. sequel, um, get it out there, and 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 make the Hogman. Uh, I want I want him to be the new uh, the new icon of Texas. I want him to be the modern day Leatherface. That's what I want. Okay. No. So that sounds like more theatrical in the United States, picked up by like like distributed by yeah a top. Okay, cool, 
Oh, it doesn't have to be a top tier. I mean, you know, someone you know, who's got yes. The thing skills. is, is that with the with the with the cool character, you know, you don't you can just with the horror, the horror audience alone can make it a cult classic, mm. and then I'd be happy with yeah. that. You know, just having that respect and that you know notoriety as that character was good for me. You know, like I said, I just want to make enough to pay my crew, mm. to pay everybody off what they what what they need to be paid for working for me. And everything else is like, hey, whatever. If I make enough to make another movie, great. Um, you know, like we were saying, I mean, um, you know, most time when someone takes a deferred payment, it means they're not getting paid. But that's not <laughs> that's not the, that's not the situation here. They're, gonna, <laughs> they're getting paid. <laughs> so, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, la- I'm laughing right now because it <laughs> took me about a year and a half. To figure that yeah. out for real, and I was like, yeah. like for real, like because I remember so many gigs. People, yeah, man, we're gonna do this. We're gonna sell this thing for like a million dollars. And then it's like, in the beginning, I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And then two years in, I was like, no, you're not. You're not selling it. You're not selling it for no. real. No. I'm never getting these 24 hours back, and I'm willing to make this donation to you because I like you. That's what. Yeah. But what William is saying is that that's not going to be, he doesn't want to be in this situation. He wants to be able yeah. to. That's not going to be, that's not going to be your situation. Oh, no. That's yeah. not gonna, no. Because Texas is going to rally around. Yeah. We're here to, we're here to be your cheerleaders no matter what. Thank we're you, gonna, man. I mean, you know, uh, one way or another, one good thing about having, a, you know, I mean, everything's the numbers I have to, to give out to these people are, are not unrealistic numbers they've just i've agreed to let me finish the film because again these are good people that want they've put in months of their life into this film and want to see it finished so we're right. going to finish it first and then when all that's done then then checks are getting signed people are getting paid and everybody's going to be happy because again awesome, I, I i want my people happy regardless you know that no yeah. matter what if, yeah. i mean have i i because i you know i feel like what you're saying earlier if you get a good group that you're that you work well with you want to work with them again because they already know how to work with you and you're not having to learn how to work with anybody so why the hell would i hire a whole new crew when i already know i can work with these people so why why would i screw anybody over so i don't i don't i don't get anybody who does that anybody who (laughs) anybody who's like oh just get a new crew every time they make a film that doesn't make any damn sense to me it sounds stressful yeah because our first day of shooting, we I hadn't worked with any of these people. I mean, a few. Mm. I mean, other than Matt, I didn't. I hadn't worked with anyone else. Um, so, it. it was it was a learning to learn how to work together, you know. And uh, you know, by the second week, we were we were flying. It was all good. And no, that's so awesome. We all know how to work with each other now. So why why would I want to try to get anyone you know whole new crew? That doesn't make any sense. Like I said. So so let me ask you this: This is really stupid. But do you have a director's chair? Like a little no. chair that says like, in stone on it or anything like that? No. So you I don't sit down most of the time. Like that. You can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. what, wow, why it gotta be in, why you gotta be an insult to have a chair? You gotta sit down really? sometimes it's kinda fun. <laughs> exactly. You you know, I've seen sit- people I've seen I've seen those, yeah. I, I, oh, shit, dude, I couldn't do that, man. And then I'm not saying because Keisha's just, cr- just crapping on my dreams right now. Thanks, <laughs> Keisha. I appreciate that. I think for the re- for the record, I've been waiting for like a year to use my director's chair that's got violence conductor on the back in my <laughs> colors. Okay. 
I think I might have got a big lots. I'm gonna buy me one of those <laughs> those tall chairs that sit real high that had a little thing over it, and I'm gonna write. Oh. Director, I don't care. I just look. It has a cup holders. Those don't usually have cup holders either. So True. I need yeah. to have something with a cup holder. Look, I'm well, gonna, I'm what did care. you say about your chair? Now, where where did you say about your chair? I'm yeah. sorry. My chair? No, William. What did you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He wasn't through with his chair. So. Oh, I was just saying. Uh, <laughs> um, it'd be nice to be able to sit down and have a chair. So, so maybe one day when I'm able to be on a project where I'm allowed to sit down <laughs> and watch a monitor, then maybe I would get one. My man, let me my, tell you. I would just say asshole on it. They wouldn't say <laughs> Check this out. I've never watched a monitor. Ever. Because normally I'm running a camera. Yeah. Even on my stuff. This last project I did with James Drake and Lexter and uh, Ty McLeod and who else was in that? I think it was it. It was a very small, it was an incredibly small crew. James Larson was out there, some Enrico. And um, it was like three, four man crew, actually, uh, and Darren as well. And so we went out there and I brung my chair. And for one take, one take, I got to put my chair down and sit in it while James Drake shot a dialogue scene for like one take. It was glorious that's yep. gonna put it out there i'll tell you the first time i got to watch a monitor was pretty awesome because i haven't been able to do that for a while we we for the first couple of weeks we had monitors but they just the cables kept getting fucked up so it's just like right, those cables are expensive so we just thought you know what i'm not bringing the monitors out anymore <laughs> it's just like yeah, we'll just watch playbacks <laughs> so well as we have to do it all. wrapping everything up, William, we want to be able to give you the last words to say, but does anybody have any other questions to ask him? No, but I do want to about some horror crap. No, no, I do want to highlight what I've gotten so far from William. Just a little highlight so far. Yes. I got Go make a trailer, you will fail. So what? Uh, you ain't getting funded. <laughs> <laughs> start, start, start a fan group uh, yeah. in order to beat you know there's ways to beat the algorithm uh-huh. launch on payday okay you know not first of the month because that's rent right network get an AD yes I second that so hard <laughs> um, get into your scene so whatever your, film, your uh, scene is whatever your niche is Go yeah. to those conventions, be in those groups, whatever. That's that's extremely important. I mean, we wouldn't have the success that we had if, if I would have went out there and did that. That was just that's really important. So yeah. get out there and talk about it. Crit, crit, put you know, do do the put those reps in. Fake it uh, till you make it. Yeah. Use Airbnb for shooting <laughs> locations. I've heard this a couple of times, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh meet a Rando Rich dude. Boom! There it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that it's so pretty good. pretty basic. I mean, that's I'm a basic guy, you know. Um, but to so, be honest yeah. about that, it wasn't you just met a random rich dude. You you did a lot of work and a lot of prep work so that by the time this guy saw you, and probably maybe he did a little research, maybe not, but your trailer and the work you'd done at that point, even your pitch video looks good, like. All that, those repetitions paid off when that person finally saw your project. So, I mean, a lot of us yeah. are looking for the whale, but you got to be, you know, you got to prep the harpoon, fam, before you get to the whale. I'm just saying, make sure, yep. make sure the boat's tight. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, you, exactly. you were prepared to say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So any final words of wisdom, anything you want to impart to the masses? I mean, I think I pretty much spilled all the all the beans as far as wisdom. No, I'm, not the <laughs> wisest. I'm not the wisest cat in the fucking tree. Um, I will do some shout outs if you don't mind. Go for some it. people that uh, they need to get acknowledged. Um, for one, my uh, co-writer was Ridfield Rasputin. You can look him up. Um, we're the ones that kind of came up with this whole working together for coming up with all the details and everything. Uh, so we wrote the first version, maybe first three versions of the script. And then I kind of took the rings in and did all the changes as we started shooting. So i give him a shout out, Matt Riffley a shout out. Been making films with him for a while. Um, oh, Matt. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been a big, big part of, of the success of, of getting it done, you know, out there on the, on the, in the field, you know, because you know, <laughs> got the experience to do, you know, multiple hat wearing as well. Yeah. And so, you know, those two guys are basically, you know, the, the trilogy of, of how I, how my things have worked. If I didn't have them two dudes involved, this wouldn't probably come to fruition, you know. Um, I tend to be the face of the project and I guess I am the creator. So it is in the end, my baby and my passion project, but like I said, uh, you know, give credit where credit to do without other people, without the crew, without the cast. I'm nothing but some, some uh, asshole with an idea, you know? <laughs> so um, my words of wisdom to your filmmakers, be humble. You know, you're, you're, you're nobody special. Mm. It's like Robert Rodriguez is saying, you want to be a filmmaker? You are a filmmaker. Just go make your movie. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and again, don't take yourself so serious. Go out, have fun. If you have $300, make a $300 movie. Got but it. make it make it and finish it. Because as we said, we're going full circle again. Too many people start a project and don't finish it. Don't, don't, be, that, don't be that guy. Something you did say about crowdfunding was make sure you keep your amount, something yeah. that you can reach, something yeah. that's unta- yeah. attainable. Yeah. You yeah. want to... Um, the reason that you start your, your funding low is because you want to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be a project that doesn't make their goal. You want to be a winner. Mm. So everybody wants to be a part of a project that's successful. So a lot of people will think at the mentality of if I only ask for $10,000, but I need twenty dollars or $30,000, I'm not going to get it because I'm asking, asking for ten. dollars no. People want to be part of the winning team. They say, you like, oh, this guy's already making this money. This, there's also, obviously there's something to this. I'm going to donate. So you get, you make your, you make your, put your ten thousand dollars down. You make that first goal. Then you go into your group and say, hey, let's let's make our next goal. Let's go to fifteen. See if we can make fifteen. Yeah, guys are awesome. You hit fifteen. Okay, let's get to twenty. You know, you just keep adding. And, and, and a lot of people will donate multiple times because they all feel like they're part of something, mm-hmm. and they are. That's awesome. Again, you're, you're nothing without fans. So that's why I don't get celebrities that think too much of themselves. They're, they're, they're just an asshole that, that, that talks in front of a camera. Without the fans, they're nobody. So the people that support the film, all the members of the Butcher's Bluff uh, you know, fan page, all the people that have supported us and that are constantly sharing with stuff and, and making comments, they're, they're, they're the winners, man. It's because of them I'm able to do what I'm doing. And you, you, and you can never, don't ever forget 
that without the people that want to watch your film, it's nothing. It's just something you'll sit and watch on your own. And you can look about how awesome you are. Like, oh, I looked really good there. <laughs> I had a great line. I was brilliant in that cut. My, my edit is so good. But if you don't have somebody, if you don't have someone to watch it, what good is that? It's cross your own ego. So where can people find you? <laughs> my more information about you. I, I don't know if I want to tell people that yeah. now. They might be like, I want to go kill this guy. No, I mean, this is, yeah, that was great. Awful. No, that was, that was, you were authentic just there. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, the thing is, is that, you know, what I, everything I've told you has been true. I don't candy coat things. I just, I just tell it how it is, you know, and it's got me in trouble with a lot of things. I was blacklisted from some sites that didn't really want to be associated with me because of my fact that I don't pull punches. I just tell it how it is. Mm. So, but you can find me on Facebook, William Martin Stone on Facebook, or the official Butcher's Bluff fan page, or Butcher's Bluff movie on Facebook. We're also Butcher's Bluff on Twitter. So you can pretty much type that name and you can find me anywhere. I'm easily obtainable. Um, available for makeup work, uh, available for acting. If you need me to write something for you, I'm, I'm available for commissions. So um, for the right people, my price of being free is pretty uh hard to beat so (laughs) 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 you can't beat free Uh, i I believe in that and karma points people people helped me to get where i'm at so yeah um, so 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 i'll give back if i if i if i can do it i will exactly Um, so if you need help with something if you're a filmmaker watching this you want advice hit me up i'll answer it ask me whatever you want you know um, if you need me to look at something, if it's like you don't have a 100-page script, I really don't have time to read 100-page scripts, but you have a short or something, you want me to read it, I'll, I'll read it, I'll give you my honest opinion. Yeah, so, nice. you know, and you, you got a question about how to put crew together or something, just just ask. I mean, I have I have a guy uh, that's uh, in LA that, that writes me and asks me a lot of filmmaking questions and I always answer him. So... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, a lot of people great. are reachable. You just have to ask. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's, that's also yeah. Um, goes back to what you asked about how I got the talent that I got in here. Just ask. All anybody can ever do is say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I mean, it doesn't, hurt, it doesn't hurt you. If someone's telling you no, it's part of, part of life. We all get told no. Mm-hmm. That's one of the problems with participation trophies. They never learn how to say no. They don't learn how to fail. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We have to fail to know. To, so when we win, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So you're asking for wisdom. So I'm going deep right now. Man. Yeah, yeah, deep. Let's go. This is the this is the hog man casting the pearls yeah. before people. So it's like reverse. <laughs> ask, just ask, man. If you want, you want somebody, and you think that person is going to be great for your film. If you have the budget to pay for it, you have a good enough store. There's no reason to not contact them. And with IMDb pro, you can get in contact with anybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right about that. You, you, I got, you can I'm get try, I'm trying to find a way. Management. I'm trying to find a way to get a hold of a uh, Taylor Laudner. That's my, that's my dream casting. I got a project for Taylor. If you're listening mm. Taylor, I got you fam. <laughs> that's John Carter, right? Uh, yeah, no, uh, actually, I don't know. Is it the actor that played John Carter? No, 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 no. Taylor Lautner is uh, Twilight. Twilight. He's the okay. 
the I've werewolf. Never, I've never watched those, so I don't know who they are. Team up. Wolf, by the way. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I was a humongous fan of all of those. There was a few sequences of people getting beat up and, and bit by wolves that I liked. I did like those parts. But uh, I got an idea. I think, he's the, I think he's the guy for it. So we'll see, we'll see if he's down eventually. Exactly. That's the, that's the whole deal. Like the worst case scenario is it's, all, it's a default of no. You know, all I can do is by not asking it to no. Yeah, I mean, it's I want, no if you don't ask, so. I want to get Dana White, UFC founder guy. <laughs> That's what I want him for a project. And it's wow. funding a project. So I want, I want him to be a partner. So if anybody knows, <laughs> Dana White. Since, since we're throwing That's, out our wish list called, right now. Twitter. You tag, yeah. him on tw- <laughs> tag him on Twitter and, and you know what? They look at that. So I'll hit him up then. I'm going to do it. Keisha, who do you got in your? Who's on your wish list? Well, I want Denzel too. So I, I want to. that I would love to work with: Megan Good, Lorenz Tate, and Ava DuVernay. So any of those people. Weird. Any okay. Of those people, like if I had the opportunity to work with them. Lorenz Tate, man. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, I know. I'm Megan Good high. coming. I'm reaching high. <laughs> I, see, I like it. Chill. Who's on your list right now? Idris Elba, Chandra Rhimes. Yeah. Denzel. Got it. I will say, I will say, as far as females are concerned, Gina Carano. Yeah, saying Gina. We've Gina had this Carano. conversation. You guys had talked the other day. Yeah, we've had up. this conversation. She's on, she's on my list, too. Bro, she's awesome. <laughs> I love it. She, she looks, she's a freaking warrior, bro. She mm-hmm. looks like she, she looks like she can hurt you, and I love that. She got even bigger than her crush days, a American Gladiator. <laughs> I forgot about that. I but, didn't. But that, I mean, look, anybody yeah. got, got any other questions? Anybody in the chat? No one. Anybody got any questions for Mr. Instone? Anybody or anything? We're closing on out. All right. Well, please, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And, man, uh, anyone, again, anyone watching, man, just check us out on butchersbluff.com, uh, Butcher's Bluff official Bush Above fan page on Facebook. I, we, we update that daily. Yeah. Um, just keep an eye out. And hopefully it'll be out next year. So Yeah, seven days remaining. What's the day today? 23rd? Yeah. Seven days remaining on the Indiegogo. Go yeah, check some, that out. Some it's cool like, perks up there. So Yeah, yeah it's like $2,600, I think, remaining on that joint. Yeah. This would be a great gift. To your horror fan spouse or significant other or child, just putting it out there, just giving you some ideas here. There's opportunities for your child to be a mental patient uh, actor in the film. So Yes. Give the gift of horror. (laughs) Boom. Good tidings to you. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, guys, uh, we are here with the Austin Action Fest and the talented director, producer, multi-hyphenate polymath William Stone, uh, filmmaker from Texas. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you, William, for coming on the show and being with us today. And uh, you guys have a good night. Merry Christmas and all that. Peace. Rest Peace see you guys, too. Thank you, guys. Thanks, William. We're good. Yeah.